Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way and get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. And welcome to Mornings with MacIver and for Smithy. It's Rockin' Tuesday. The boys know how to make me happy and put a smile on my face. Nothing like pouring a little bit of sugar on me, baby, from Def Leppard. It's so good to be here with you till Thursday, 0800 150 with Stephen McIver. And the Temper Bedpost text line is double eight double three. We have a sharp little show today for you. Coming up, Athletics New Zealand high performance coach Scott Newman on what was a very encouraging world indoor champs for the New Zealand team. SBW faces Barry Hall tomorrow night in Sydney. The Brecky boys had Andy Lee. We've got the other Andy, the man that's calling the fight. Good friend, good man, great broadcaster. Andy Raymond, he is with us just after 10am this morning. The panel is News Hub's James Regan and our good mate Mark Watto-Watson. They'll run their eye over the goings-on for the last 48 hours, and including what sort of backline should the Warriors be having coming this weekend against the Tigers. Lose like Lose against the Tigers? The word mud comes to mind. We'll look at round three of the ANZ Premiership. And in Mount Rushmore, and this is where I want your input today. Mount Rushmore, your favourite pasta. What's yours and why? 
Okay? You just get on the Timber Text bedpost text line, double eight double three, or actually call me. I don't care. Call me. I, I love to talk. I love to hear your thoughts. 0800-150811. And we'll be going to the All Whites camp as well. We'll be talking to Clayton Lewis around, oh, we're thinking 9.30, 9.40, we're just when they feel comfortable. They're eating right now and rehabbing, you know, going through all that footballing stuff. So that's okay. In the meantime, we're going to get on with something else. The World Indoor Athletics Champs have just finished in Belgrade, and it was a solid showing by New Zealand. The real highlight, understandably, you've you've read it, you've heard about it over the last two or three days. Hamish Kerr claiming New Zealand's first ever high jump medal, a bronze. Uh, Scott Newman is New Zealand Athletics High Performance Manager. He's with us now on SCNZ. Uh, let's tell us, Scott, I want you to give us some context. How big a win is that for Athletics New Zealand, that Hamish Kerr medal? Yeah, I guess it's unusual, isn't it? We we haven't produced jumpers traditionally over the years. We've you know we've always focused probably on throws um, and the distance athletes. So to have a jumper competing at a world class level, in fact, you know, getting a medal at a major international is quite significant. But um, you know, we've always threatened, but never quite got there. Yes, yeah, I think this is really important for people to understand the enormity of athletics. You know, we. I could go back to the Halcyon days. You would remember them, two of the 80s, you know, the Pan Pacific series. And athletics was huge. Ever since that era, it's sort of come in those those cycles, the Commonwealth Games cycles, the Olympic cycles. But something like a, a, tra- a track athlete to do this, you know, a field athlete, and the, inor- and the immense competition he's up against, it says a lot about the kid, doesn't it? Yeah, you, you follow, I guess those that do follow any track and field, you'd realise how competitive that is at that highest of levels. And to be jumping as high as Hamish is now, 231, let him make a final at basically any major. And then it's just your day. If you can jump right up with your best on that day, you're going to be right there. But you're right, there are literally, you know, there would be hundreds of athletes who are competitive at a world athlete, as a, sorry, at a world level. You just have to get there and then perform on the day. And to Hamish's credit, he did that last year too at the Olympics. So yeah. He cracked the top 10 placement at the Olympics last year at his first major. And this was his first ever indoor competition. And to do what he did and go 231, you know, equal what's actually the area record, um, it was fantastic. So, so from your understanding, Scott, what's changed about his approach to the jumping? Uh, nothing really. I think it's just consistency. Um, he moved uh, to Christchurch to be coached with Terry Lomax uh, two or three years ago, three years ago, I think. So it's just time. It's just learning that craft and time and getting a bit older, getting a bit smarter. So in this year, he's had a good domestic season, come off a, a solid domestic season straight into this. Yeah, outstanding. OK, Tom Walsh, another bronze, uh, 22.31. That equals his Oceania and New Zealand indoor record. Where's he at? I mean, he sounded pretty happy with the bronze. But... <laughs> he was. Uh, look, I think he'd, had a, he'd struggled over summer. But I think we often see this last summer, we saw it, he just doesn't quite connect uh, on a domestic season. So he'd been throwing, I think he had a best of about 21.59 or something domestic season. Of course, uh, he went into the US where he's got a base. He spent a couple of weeks training there and things just started to come right and click. And he had actually sent me a message and said he'd thrown 22.20 in training. So he was really looking forward to getting there. And sure enough, first throw, you know, 21. 21 high, or sorry, 2120s, and he was right there. He was right up, and then um, finished off with that 2231. Yeah, but bronze for him, I think that means a lot. That's his fourth medal at World Indoors. Um, Dame Val would be our only athlete who's, who's had more. Uh, he, you know, he was really happy just to get up there and uh, yeah, medal again. All right, I'm a, I'm excited about Olivia McTaggart. Uh, I know that, and that shows no disrespect to Eliza McCartney, but you know, sixth in an indoor worlds, uh, that's not a bad effort considering she she literally jumped off the plane and, and got going. 
Yeah, she did. It was classic. It was literally, oh, what were we, 10, probably 12 days ago when we got the invite from World Athletics. And, of course, the phone call went to Livy to say, are you keen? And, of course, she jumped at it. But then, um, then we couldn't get the poles on the plane. Um, <laughs> why not? Why not? Too long? <laughs> uh, I just cargo. It's right. funny, we can only get them on certain planes, and um, the length is being reduced. But at the moment, the cargo and freight so difficult, we just didn't have the time to make it work, and all the connections work through the different international airports. So we, um, we literally had to buy some more poles for her from oh, wow. Poland, and somebody drove them from Poland into Serbia for her. And just, you know, a few cash deals here and there and made it happen. And um, to her credit, she jumped off the plane and did outstandingly well. <laughs> we love a good cash deal. <laughs> Actually, uh, how... how the drivers work. <laughs> how challenging, though, for someone to just take on fresh poles? Uh, we were lucky that the poles we managed to acquire were basically identical to what she has here in New Zealand. So they're quite complex. Your length and your flex is. Uh, is is the key thing for these guys, but we were lucky enough that the factory there in Poland had almost identical, so they weren't perfect, but they were pretty damn close. So she was confident, and her coach Jeremy were, were confident she could jump well on them, and she did. Okay, you have to be honest with me here. Are you excited about Olivia McTaggart going forward? She, for her age, she's not quite where Eliza was, but she is world class. So once Eliza gets back later this year, we could well see two, if not three, with Imogen Eris as well, world-class vaulters, which for New Zealand, again, you know, the pole vault's class is a jump, so you put that with Hamish, it's just a whole new area uh, for us. So that was that was an awfully political answer. Uh, I'll, ask, I'll, ask the question, I'll ask the question again. How excited are you about Olivia well, McTackett? <laughs> well, let's say yes. I mean, to finish sixth at a major international fair stuff was a great result. There you go. wasn't that hard, was it? <laughs> well, I've just got to be careful, you know, we've got Eliza who's due back as well, and of course Eliza's jumped quite a bit higher than Livy um, at this stage, <laughs> so once she's back too, she's, she's real middle. Come on, we, just, we all love winners, they've got to go against each other, that's fantastic. <laughs> Where is Eliza at at the moment? I, I read, I think it was a month ago, that they seem to have, is it the hamstring? Uh, or, uh, the, the, they've sorted out why it was, is a problem and they're getting on top of that? She's had all sorts of challenges, just different challenges through the last couple of years. But in the last, when did she start? Probably October. So she's probably five months into a new training, new type of training, new regime now, and she's going outstandingly well. Um, she's she's as strong and as quick as she's ever been. Uh, she'll start to pick up a pole again very shortly and start jumping again. We'd expect her to see her out, certainly by the end of the year. Um, back vaulting again. So at this stage, that looks really, really promising. Must be a little nerve-wracking, though, when you've, you've got an injury that you've been working through for probably a year or so, a year and a half, to get pick up the pole and go, well, if, if it's going to work, it's going to work, right? Yeah, going back to fundamentals. Um, and that's been the key for her. It's just been changing some things in training, just changing a little technical stuff in the way she runs and just moving a bit differently. So the idea is that if she does this long, long block of just build up again, she'll be confident that she's, you know, by the time she picks up a pole, it'll just all click again. There's been, that's what we're hoping for. There's been a lot of buzz about Zoe Hobbs. And this is the final of the 60 metres indoor by 0.02 seconds. But when you look at where she came, 11th out of 42nd, how quick can she go? Yeah, it'll be great to see her compete this year, continue to compete. She's come off a um, fantastic domestic season, um, national records, and she's gone quicker than the national record a couple of times when assisted. Again, this was her first ever indoors, um, because we just don't have indoor tracks here in New Zealand. You know, I think four of our five guys there were at this is their first time. So for Zoe, and Zoe's, yeah, she's a good starter, but she's not known as an exceptionally quick starter, but boy, she was world class in that meet. 
really shown. But that's what she needs, right? She needs to be against world-class competition constantly to, to find those incremental gains. Yeah, now she's made the shift to the level she's running at. That's exactly right. She's going to have to get offshore and she's going to have to run against these quick guys just more and more often to keep her going. Um, she is incredibly fast on her own, though. It's just the way she's focused and the way she operates. And her and her coach, I know James Mortimer, they've worked on this, just running the races. Um, but you're right, she needs to get away and run, run more. And this year she should have the chance to do that. Realistically, how quick do you think she can go? Or is that one of those um, interminables? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is, and, and it's right conditions, right race, everything. But at the moment, she's running, she's running 11.07 windy. Um, surely she's capable of running 11.0. She may even be capable in her career of going sub 11 seconds, which would be extraordinary. Wow. So you're excited about that as well. Uh, talk to me yeah, about... very much. Talk, yeah. oh, that's good. You're, you're off the bat there, straight away excited. I'm happy about that, Scott. Uh, talk to me about Geordie uh, Beamish. Don't know too much about him. No, based in the US for the last five or six years, uh, a solid athlete again, we've just sort of watched his progress, um, recently changed his regime as well and just starting to run really fast, um, came to light through NCAA and he's just got an outstanding finish, He's he's got speed, so if he's there or thereabouts with you know a couple of hundred metres, 150 to go, he's he's right in the running um, and that's certainly what happened in his heat, 3,000 metres at World Indoors there. He just ran an excellent um, tactical race, put himself in position and finished um, a very confident second. And um, then in the final, we just I think he admitted he just didn't have the legs and didn't quite get there. But again, young guy, first time major to make a final, finished 10th, I think he was, um, which is you know, pretty impressive. Do we have many athletes in the NCAA system? We've got a lot. Um, a lot, and when I say a lot, we crikey, we could be forty to sixty athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, and they're not world class. A lot of them just do it for lifestyle choice. They go away and get an education and see a bit of the world. Um, we probably have four or five key athletes who would be on our radar over there. Can Can you give me some names just to, and and what they're doing? I'm just intrigued because I I find that oh. whole college system fascinating. Yeah, at the moment, it's distance athletes is the focus. Um, yeah, look, Geordie, Geordie would be an outstanding. I can't actually rattle him off the top of my head. My brain's a bit dead. <laughs> but there, um, uh, there's, yeah, there's probably, there's probably four or five there that, that would be. We've got our eyes on them as a program. We just keep monitoring them, and the system's a little bit different over there, so it doesn't necessarily tie in with what uh, we do here in New Zealand in our competition model. So they're often just running for the university, and that's where the focus is, um, rather than perhaps a worldwide program. So where do these athletes go now? Our indoors guys? Yeah. Uh, well, next, well, next reasonable one is the Oceania Championships, which are in Mackay in Australia early June, and that's a critical meet just to help qualifying for other majors probably for the next two years because they earn very good points, ranking points at that meet. It's the highest meet in this part of the world. So most of those guys will probably go there. Tom Walsh won't, I don't think, just because he's always an automatic qualifier for major worlds because he throws so far. Um, then the next one this year will be our own World Championships. World Championships are in Oregon in uh, just, actually just prior to Commonwealth Games. We've got a two-week gap before Commonwealth Games. So the guys will go to Oregon late July, or sorry, probably early July, compete in Oregon. Then we've got two weeks to get across to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I was about, that was my next question. Are you excited about the, the, the Com Games? Yeah, Com Games is tough. Um, tough for us. Just there's the, the quota system and top six philosophy means that we'll have a reasonably small team there which will be our world champs guys going straight into com games but those that get there we know will be incredibly competitive 
So in, in terms of metal cable tops that's capable, we're going to have 13 or 14 athletes there right up there. So it, it does it'll look pretty promising. Will you have both Volters? I will, yeah, Imogen will be there. Imogen Harris will be at Com Games, definitely, and Libby McTaggart will be there, yes. Okay. Oh, I, subject I, to selection, of course. Well, I was just going to say, you talk about top six, uh, finishing six of the world indoors. Does that count? Does that help? Yeah, it does. She's, there, there's qualifying performances for these. So um, women's pole vault, I think the A standard is 455, and Livy jumped 460 uh, at world indoors. She's met the A standard a few times. And um, Imogen's the same. She's done 445, which is the B uh, a couple of times. Now, Scott, we all know that athletes love their pasta afterwards. Somewhere along the line, they're like a carbo load, right? Now, we do a thing called Mount Rushmore. We go, uh, myself and producer Logan are going to uh, compare our top four pastas. What's your favourite pasta? Oh, I'd have to go fettuccine. Oh, okay, but what type of fettuccine? Oh, bacon. J- straight bacon? Nothing else? Yeah. No. <laughs> what, like, do you have cream obviously in it? Do you have, do you have or pesto oh, on it? Or? Obviously the sauces. The sauces <laughs> the sauces and the bacon, the creamy sauce and the bacon. Yeah. Okay, so so no mushrooms? Uh, yeah, that'd be a bit exotic, wouldn't it? <laughs> you can, how can you call a mushroom exotic? It's fungus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, I really appreciate your time. Congratulations, mate. Obviously something's going right at New Zealand Athletics at the moment with the way we are starting to produce athletes that can perform consistently on the world stage, and that, finally, must be something that puts a smile on your face. Yeah, it does, and it's just nice to see those athletes that have been consistent over the last few years now starting to make it or make that breakthrough to international level, and that's always the test for our guys. You can be great in New Zealand, but can you then go and execute on the international stage? And I think that's what we're seeing now, so it's fantastic. It's a a mantra that I talk to a a tennis uh, player that I sort of look after, and I I always keep saying to him, think global, not local. It'll get you a long way. Well, it'll certainly help anyway. That's it. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. Scott Newman, High Performance Director of Athletics New Zealand, joining us on Mornings with McIver in for Smithy uh, through till Thursday. Now, don't forget our Mount Rushman. What's your favourite pasta? Nothing to do with sport today. It's about your guts and what you put in them. What's your favourite pasta? All right, you can text us on the Temper Bedpost text line, double three, or, or give me a call. Actually, I'll tell you what, give me a call now, and we'll, we'll have a chat about it uh, just after the, the ad break. So give me a call now, 0800 150811. That's 0800 What is your favourite pasta? I would love to know, and why, and and how do you make it? I, I've, I'm going to give you the recipe for my one when we actually do Mount Rushmore, because I'm pretty stoked about it, because it's my favourite one. It's a Donna Hay recipe. Big fan of Donna Hay, by the way. Easy easy to make meals. But if you've got a thought of your favourite pasta, call me now. 0800 one. Can we give them someone a prize for doing this if they call us now? Have you got anything in the prize, Logan? Do you got anything? Oh, I'll, I'll have a little talk to sales and see if we can, I don't know, muster up something. We'll I'm muster curious up something. to hear this recipe of yours, mate. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, ring me now. We'll give you something. We'll figure it out, but we'll give you something. Just like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm freeballing at the moment. 0801, no, well, hang on, that's not right. 0800 Stick with us here on SCNZ. It's 9.21. <laughs> 9.26 with Stephen McIver-Smithy. We think back on Friday. If not, it will be back on Monday. It's as simple as that. Our tempered bedpost text line is 8833 or 0800-150811. What is your favourite pasta? Clayton Lewis, uh, part of the All-Whites team, penalty in the 92nd minute, 4-0 in their uh, Oceanic qualifier in Qatar. What's your favourite pasta, bud? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm pretty pretty situ- 
Nice chill, probably spaghetti carbonara, to be honest. Oh, God. Well, actually, uh, your girlfriend said he likes the chicken fettuccine I make, but he's not really a pasta guy. Yeah, see, that, that's the thing. I'm pretty chill. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an it's easy one for me. Just, okay. Just something they, easy. All 10 right. minutes and we're ready. <laughs> Mate, we'll talk about the footy in the moment. I'm still going to call you out. Are they cornrows or braids? Ah, oh, I'll say I'll say braids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm struggling with them, but uh, a four 0 win that must be a really big boost going into the semi-finals. But still, one group game to play against New Caledonia. Yeah, no, it's a big, uh, big movement for us. I think you know, one 0 win against PNG early on. I think wasn't our best performance, but we got, it was a professional performance. But I think now we're finally you know starting to get into the groove and you know score a couple goals, which is which is good, so hopefully that will lead us in a good step for the next game. Personally for you, how hard was it to quickly adjust hopping on a plane, you know, out of the A-League, straight into the All-Whites camp? Was it a was it a hard adjust with time zones and the like? Uh, time zones, yes, but um, the way we play, you know, I've worked with Danny through the Olympics and stuff, so I know the way he wants to play. Um, so for me, it was just about adjusting to... You know the the style that we're we're going to play, and you know I found, I found that pretty easy, and you know I'm just glad I got to get some minutes out there, um, you know, and you know do my best. Well, so Clayton, you've opened the door here. What is Danny's style of play? You explain to those that don't really get it. What is he trying to achieve, and how you guys are playing? Yeah, I think it's it's different to how New Zealand normally. Well, I seen as playing. I think. You know, Back in the day, it used to be a lot of long ball and and whatnot. But I think we're trying to transform that now and you know play a style of play where we are, you know, building up from the back and kind of trying to play through lines and you know this new kind of if if we lose the ball, how quickly can we win the ball back? And I think that's that's definitely helped us in this game tonight. It's a young team. Is it a, is it a, is it a team that's strong enough to to win this tournament to go to the next stage? Yeah, hundred percent. I think we've got a, a good range of um, age. You know, you got. Like so, Winnie, Tommy, and Woodsy. Um, you know that that backbone and the the Woodsy up front. I think it's a good kind of core. And then you got you know a lot of youngsters running around in, in amongst them. So it's a it's a good team. And you know the the likes that we're bringing in now. Um, you know it's just going to add to that. So we're really happy with how the squad's looking. How good and how comfortable is it having Chris Wood today? Yeah, yeah, he's top notch. You can see um, straight away. You know. You no know, scores two goals and now the all-time all-white uh, goal scorer and you know yeah you don't just do that just from playing a couple of games he he always wants always wants to come back and play for the national team and that's just credit to him and you know congratulations to him. What does he bring to the team as a whole off the park? Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that you know you can you 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 know he he's just you'd say big figure um, you know plays in the Premier League but. For the likes of myself, when I met him when I was at Auckland City, um, he never once made me feel, um, you know, not a part of the team. He was always someone I could go to about literally anything. So, you know, he's definitely a guy that, you know, you, you can go to about anything. And, yeah, he's a great guy. How's Elijah just feeling about scoring a goal? And it was a cracker too. Yeah, very good goal. I think he's pretty happy. Uh, his first one for the national team. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked for him. And, you know, he, he changed the game when he came on. So, yeah, it's very good. What did you learn about the team in this game? I think the the main thing was we we can actually be patient and keep the ball. I think you know we rushed a few things in the last game, and I think we controlled the game very well tonight. And I I felt you know it was just about time we 
put put some goals away. So I think we're pretty happy with how we played. So will Danny, do you think, make changes for New Caledonia now that the semis are confirmed? Or is he the type of coach that says, no, no, we're all in? Um, well, I think you have to make a change because I'm, uh, I'm even. So uh, I'm heading back to, to the Phoenix. Us Phoenix boys are heading back. Um, so there, there'll be a few changes in that. But you know, the, the squad we've got and the depth we've got, um, we're not losing out on anything there. So um, I know the boys will you know, get the job done and hopefully... I can see them in the intercontinental playoff. Oh, that must hurt. That must hurt having to hop on a plane, does it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but, you know, that's what we've got to do. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to come for these two games outside the window. Um, and now it's time for the boys to, you know, finish the job. And, you know, I'll see them again in June, hopefully. So let's talk about the Phoenix while I've got you here. Where are we at, do you think, at the moment going forward? Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. You know, we we got games in hand, but we have to win those games in hand. And I think, uh, you know, you know, we had a tough last two results, but you know, we, we got a, a good game this weekend. Um, you know, it was going to be a trip to Perth, but now it's in now it's in Sydney, so it's a uh, well almost a, almost a home game really. Um, but you know, we we got to look forward to that, and you know, hopefully get the three points and keep moving up the table. Clayton, the, the teams appears to have adjusted well uh, to the Australian life uh, out of necessity, hence the results. Would that be a fair call? Yeah, I think it's, you know, as well early on we, we weren't getting the results, we weren't really playing well, but I think now that we've, you know, found the right way we want to play, um, you know, and I think we're, we've had a good core. Um, it's just unfortunate now we've lost um, Alex to, to an ACL injury, which is a big part of our team. Um, but I know that whoever steps in that spot will will do the job. So hopefully we can keep moving forward. Yeah, because he's had a solid season, Alex, which and that's a huge blow. So going forward, you you still think you guys are playoff contenders, genuine playoff yeah, contenders? Yeah, sure. I think. Yeah, I think if you if you don't believe you can get there, you won't. And I think um, you know from the start we always believe we can make the top six. And I think you know the the way we're sitting at the moment, a good couple wins and we'll be right up there. So. Um, you know, I have every faith in every one of us and hopefully we can, you know, continue getting the, getting points. I've always I'm always intrigued, Clayton, you go from one coach to another, you got the way Danny plays. How how would you describe how Ufuk plays? Yeah, to be fair, both like to play play the play with the ball and I think that suits how I play. I think um, you know when we don't have the ball, um Danny likes to press and, you know, with Ufi it's sometimes um we sit in a low and, and try to work out kind of that way. Um, so it's two kind of different styles, but you know I'm open to doing both, and I'm and I'm ready to do both. All right, mate. I appreciate your time. I know you've you've been eating, obviously not pasta, uh, which is okay. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you having giving us some time because I know it's been you're just off the park, and we're going to talk about those braids when you get back. Okay, we're just going to have to have a chat about those. <laughs> so then I've got. I'm, yeah, I'm, no I'm, I'm, fix, I'm fixated on them for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not stalking you on them at all. It's just just the way it is. Hey, always a pleasure, Clayton. No worries. Cheers, mate. Thanks, buddy. Clayton Lewis. Uh, he's one of the good blokes uh, and uh, really starting to really starting to uh, get himself in the groove, you know, about things and, 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 and find his place in the team. Uh, so that's that's a really good sign. So he's, so all those Phoenix players coming back, so it makes it just a little bit harder now uh, for the All-Whites going forward because they've got to win this comp. And then they play uh, Logan, I believe, the fourth team based on the CONCACAF, which is the same old, same old, but they've got to go through this qualifying tournament. And when you, when you take some key players out like Clayton, who's very 
strong, uh, it is going to be interesting. Anyway, we're a bit late with the news because we had to take Clayton. That's when they said we could have it. But right now, it's 9.35. You're on MacIver Mornings on SENZ. It's Rockin' Tuesday. Fast over lover, always hot and the covers, still talk to you, my daddy say. Said you ain't seen nothing, then you down on the muffin, then you sure to be a changing ways. I met a cheerleader, was a real young breed, all the times like a reminisce. All the best things in love, with a sister and a cousin on the street. Here we go now, sing it. Oh, okay, it was too early. This is MacIver in the mornings, and it's Rockin' Tuesday. Walk this way, talk this way, and I love talking with Aroha Hathaway. Welcome to the, it's my first chance to say welcome to the team, girl. Oh, you're it's kind. So, it's so good to have you around. See, I only heard Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> but I am brown. Yeah, no, that's no, but it's Rockin' Tuesday, right? We've got to keep people, you know, it's it's a Tuesday, it's not hump day, and we 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 like doing this stuff, right? I need to explain, because it might sound a little in-house, and I said this the first time I ever spoke on this radio station, but sometimes you see things in a radio station that you might not be able to hear while you're driving the truck through to Invercargill today. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, watching you dance behind a microphone. No, no, but I'm seated. It's seated dance, right? Was like Hump Day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know where to take that. Uh, okay, recipes. Mm. Uh, we, we are Mount Rushmore today. What time, Logan? About eleven-ish, thirty-ish, eleven. Our Mount Rushmore's at eleven today. I thought we were doing. Yeah, okay, around eleven. Okay, uh, it's going to be uh, Logan and I are going to compare our four favourite pastas. So, what's your favourite pasta? Uh, oh, chicken mushroom fettuccine. Oh, wow. And what? it's really easy. You just put as much chicken stock as you've got in your pantry, yeah. which we didn't have one of those when I was growing up. It was called a kitchen cupboard. Yeah, correct. food cupboard. Correct. As much chicken stock as Nana's uh, curate, uh, yeah. hoarded mm-hmm. into the pot. 12 packets, oh, two packets. Oh, that's way no, too much. whatever you can find. Why, why? Because I still have student taste buds. And <laughs> as much... <laughs> Garlic as you can find, yeah, and then you cream and you reduce it with the chicken that's yeah, been stir yeah. fried and then the do, mushroom. Do you throw the pasta in, straight into my face? And <laughs> well, to check that it's it's the right it's the right one. No, no, no. I don't do, do the do bouncy you, thing to make sure it's cooked enough. Oh, okay. Why not? Because I can tell. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. All right. All right. All right. But do you throw the pasta Sorry, into the that pot? Was my... it, you know, you no, know, no, no. Assertive woman. Love it. Love it. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> it's my Marai voice. <laughs> Get away from my pot. Hey, hey. Turn around. Turn to the microphone. Now, oh, there's, there's my get on the job voice. Uh, do you put the pasta in the pot and mix it up with the chicken and the, like, you know, how people, or do you put the sauce on top of the pasta? It's a, um, it's a, I think it's critical. To, I think it's critical. If people are watching, I do it the way the Italians tell me to. Which Otherwise, is, Which is what? 
They put it together. Okay, fine. Right. Oh, he's thugs. The te- but, well, the Italians do it. I do it the way the Italians do it. I just put enough into the bowl for me and yeah, everyone yeah. else can it's fend for yourself at my place. <laughs> okay. What a lot of people won't know about you is you love your Formula One. You love motorsports. Oh, so you and no, I have see? so so you and I have something in common. We love F one and I finally Do you love it too? Oh mate, I used to get up at two o'clock in the morning and I but then I've it got a little boring in the first part of the hybrid era, you know, Mercedes. Mm. And also wasn't really happy that Sky lost it to Spark, but I've I've just because of the new rules, I've had to go. Do I spend the twenty five bucks a month? Oh, I just do it because I mm. really want to have a look at it. Uh, I didn't uh, because it was too early in the morning. It was two o'clock, but I watched the F two, which was Liam Lawson, right? Yeah. And Marcus Armstrong, who we are talking to tomorrow. Marcus Armstrong. We're talking to Marcus tomorrow. Oh, be- that's awesome! Well, I, I'm, I rate him. He's my he's he. I like I like that he's kind of the underdog, right? Well, well he is, uh, and he's been in. He was a Ferrari junior, and I spoke to him a couple of months ago when we recorded a thing for Sky Speed, and 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 that Ferrari. Uh, Academy mm. wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Uh, they worked him like a dog, and with the the payback was you know, I don't know a test on an, an older Ferrari, uh, but a, a big learning curve for him. He's a good kid, and he's matured so much since being. He's literally lived overseas since he was like fifteen, right? And so he's now back with High Tech, who Liam Lawson was, and he but he drove a really sharp race. Liam podiumed twice in F two at the weekend, mm. but Marcus's drive from the thirteenth, I think, in the feature race, uh, and they just did an alternative tire strategy. So he with a number of guys. Not too many ran softs first, so they, he bolted through the field, and then they put on the hard because in the F two you got to both run both compounds. It's you have to do it in the feature race, and he came home fifth, which is a really good result. So we're going to talk to him about that because he's now they're now in uh, Saudi Arabia. They've got Jeddah this weekend, so the F one, F two, and F three. So we're going to have a yak to him tomorrow. I'm pleased because Liam Lawson gets a lot of spotlight attention, and I think what? last year Marcus Armstrong actually outraced him. No, he didn't. I'm sorry, he did. Well, I like him, so I'm biased. Yeah, yeah no, I'm yeah, so biased. yeah. I don't care. I don't care if he F1's wasn't anywhere. If one is full of bias, when in oh, every, wow. the only person I think is has been the well, I think the most measured too, and it probably comes with experience having been a driver as well as a commentator was Martin Brundle because. I respect the fact that he's been behind the wheel and he actually knows what he's talking about in terms of racing fairly. And, he, and he's very he's very solid in his opinions as well. He will back a driver to a point, mm. but he'll he'll back the sport even more so long as they're doing it sensibly. Like they're they're very unhappy uh, with Michael Massey, the former race director, being made the sacrificial lamb after. Uh, the end, the last race of the season, but when he only let certain cars pass, uh, so then it could uh, allow, and it did allow. Uh, yes, and, and and that last race. up and to win the thing. So he was made a he was made a sacrificial lamb. There are many on the other side of the ditch, Australia, because he's Australian, that think it was a wrong call. Murph uh, thinks it was a wrong call as well, and now they've got this. Convoluted system of having two or three plus a virtual, like a virtual bunker, and it's like the report came out um, before the the race, right? So yeah. I, I think before qualifying, actually, yeah, which, yeah, yeah, and right. it was, and that's great for transparency. And yeah, yeah, people yeah. people who are Formula One fans don't want other Formula One fans talking at them and telling them what what they think. You know, they're, they're quite capable. That people who have watched Formula One for a really long time are really capable of making up. Their own minds on yeah. on what happened. The Michael Massey thing 
culminated in that final event in, mm. in, of the last race of the season. But there were a lot of things, weird stuff happened in that season around decisions and penalties. And, you know, you remember when Lando went into the wall at Spa and that race being run and Seb being shocked and so many drivers saying that they shouldn't have been racing that day. And yet the race went on to complete the minimum number of laps required to say a race had been well, taken I, I, had I, I, taken place. Think, 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 think of the um, all about money. Well, think about yeah, but think about the comparison too. Uh, when if the, the film Rush, right? Nicky Lauda yes. uh, had his fa- famous fa- almost fatal crash in the wet. I think it was at, was it Hockenheim. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. Uh, drivers know when it's safe. They know when it's safe, and when they're driving at 330 k's an hour in the wet, even on Mm. Uh, wets. It's dangerous. Anyway, to the race itself, I'm really happy. Ferrari won too because the car is beautiful. It is so. It, <laughs> it is so. It, is, it beautiful. is so Italian. But their their Ferrari and the engines, because you saw uh, Haas Ferrari uh, and also Alfa Romeo Ferrari, suddenly all up in the pack. So, but for Lewis Hamilton to get uh, a third by default, when the two Red Bulls DNF'd. Sure, but you have to you have to finish a race to be in the race, oh, right? To get the to wow, get a, wow. any position, to get any points, you actually have to complete it. Were you, happy, the, were you, were you happy with the result? I mean, who, who where, where do you stand? <laughs> I was when it comes ecstatic, to, and I'm why? sorry. Well, because everyone from Red Bull is going to throw their cans at me after they've shaken them. And what do you know? You're not a Red Bull fan. Uh, oh, the, no, the race well, no, team. The race a, team. I, I oh, I'm fine. Christian Horner, very difficult. I am. I'm the sort of person who likes a Toto Wolf personality. I like structure. I like discipline. And maybe it's just because he's really hot. But Christian Horner uh, always comes across as a small, angry guy, n- n- and n- he doesn't lead like a leader. I always find him very. Wow. No, he does yeah, lead we like don't, a, Hang on, no. we don't know out of heart. Anyway, uh, we've got to go because you've actually said Chris, uh, Toto Wolf's hot and I'm just trying to put that into context. Araha, we'll talk more, hopefully before midday today, but you've probably got to go think about news now. It's 9.46. Thank you. <laughs> 9.51 with Stephen Mackay for the Temper Bedpost. Text line is double eight double three. You can call me on 0800 150 with your favourite pasta because that's what our Rushmore is going to be, your favourite pasta. Yes, I know it's not sport, but, you know, it's the S-E-E and S-E-N-Z is entertainment as well. We like to have a little bit of fun. So uh, get on the text line, Temper Bed Post text line, double eight double three, or call me, 0800-150-811. After 10, we're going to do the the panel, uh, James Regan from News Hub and Mark Watson. One of the topics is, what about your Warriors' backline after their woeful start of the season? I have seen woeful, but it has been pretty average, right? They're, they're 0-2. They're sitting 14th out of the 16th. Their, their points differential is minus 14, which is pretty good for this time of the season. But wh- who do you think they should be running with? And I know we talked about the halves, and I've been pumping up Ash Taylor's tyres like you wouldn't believe, but I was f- frankly a little disappointed in his performance at the weekend. I thought Chanel Harris-Tavita was okay, and I just think this backline is – we've got uh, j- there, are, there are problems with their backline. I, I don't honestly think that their pack is an issue. It's their backline. And I did – Logan, if you remember, I did say uh, some time ago that I was worried about their outside backs, didn't I? Did I not say that? I believe so. I'm sure we could go back on the record and find that, but that was definitely I'm not one of the asking you to go back. I'm just saying, agree <laughs> with me because I, I I did say that was going to be one major issue that they've got to get right, 
And I think that's what we've got to sort out. The Warriors have to sort out, not we. They have to sort out ahead of the, the Tigers match this Friday at 8. They're up against the Tigers. The Tigers are mud. The Warriors are mud. If you lose to the Tigers the way they're playing at the moment, I wouldn't think much about your season going forward. And i tell you who comes under pressure. Not the players, the coach. You know what his win – I was watching NRL 360 last night. You know what his win percentage is over the last five seasons, Nathan Brown's win percentage? I don't know if I want to hear this. 26%. 26%. 953. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Nine fifty-eight here on Macaiva Mornings in for Smithy till Thursday at least. Yeah, we love a bit of rock. We're calling this uh, Rock and Roll Tuesday, Rock Tuesday. Anyway, coming your way after ten o'clock and just after ten o'clock, we're going to talk to the caller of the Hall versus SBW fight, Andy Raymond. He's going to call the fight. He was one of the great rugby league callers. Well, why he's still not on uh, rugby league coverage on Fox is beyond me. But we're going to get his thoughts on Sonny Bill Williams versus Barry Hall. Like uh, Sonny Bill Williams, eight and zero. His trainer Andy Lee, who was on Baz and Izzy with Breakfast uh, this morning with uh, Campion Louie, said he could be a world champion. Like a genuine world heavyweight champion. Could he? Uh, it's a very good question. Barry Hall has had a fight with Paul Gallen, which is no mean feat in itself because they're, let's be blunt, two part time boxers, but two very good part time boxers. Came away with a majority decision draw uh, two years. It's two years ago now. I was looking at it. It's 2019. But Danny Green says uh, somewhere along the way there's going to be a knockout. Someone's going to be knocked out. If you have thoughts on that, well, tell us. Okay, tell us. 0800-150811, 0800-150811, or get on the temper bedpost text line on double eight double three. Who wins? Hall or SBW? It's live on Sky Arena and Sky Sport now, tomorrow night, 39.95. Get amongst it coming next. Araha with news, and then Andy Raymond on the turf war. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. On MacIver mornings, mornings with MacIver here on SENZ in for Smithy, who's back. Uh, we think next week, which is good uh, for you. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. That's oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Or on the temper bedpost text line double eight double three. Got a couple of texts in already. Uh, uh, one particularly about our Mount Rushmore, which today is about uh, favourite pastors. This is from Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly says hi. My favourite pasta is lightly seasoned spaghetti with a drizzle of olive oil, tossed in a wee amount of fresh herbs and a couple of only a couple of cherry tomatoes, Kimberly, and then maybe a taste of feta, then served just warm. Sounds okay to me, but just warm. I'm I'm one of these guys that like that likes things piping hot. So that's, that's where I stand. You want to burn your mouth with your spaghetti there? I, I don't want to burn my mouth with my spaghetti, Logan, but 
that's that's just you know that's just the way it is. I just don't like things that are warm. It's like when someone gives you, you go to a restaurant. Not that I've been to a restaurant in two years. Oh, actually, you know, I was one the other day. What am I saying? And you have warm soup. Like there's nothing worse than worse than warm soup, right? I'm I, just I'm just saying. I'm yeah, just saying, I mean, you okay? might as well. What is it? Uh, when when it's freezing cold soup, what do they call that? It's like is a, that a consomme? No, what? there's like a special name for Did it. Say like cordial. Yeah, like a frozen, like not frozen, oh, but I'll like look, ice I'll cold look, tomato yeah, soup. No, it's cucumber normally. It's normally a cucumber. Scop- oh, some weird name. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're just trying to get Andy Raymond out of bed. He did promise me he'd get out of bed at eight o'clock. It's now eight o five in Sydney at the moment. He's calling the Hall versus SBW fight tomorrow night on Sky Render and Sky Sport. Now it's thirty nine ninety five. Check it out. Uh, also. Uh, I asked, and Vaughan's just texted it about, you know, what do you think your backline should be for the Warriors? Because that's been one of my biggest concerns. Uh, because they're 0-2, they're at 14th out of 16th, and uh, they've, they've got a pack that can do the job, but they don't have a backline that can do a job. Well, that's what I think. You, of course, can think what you'd like. Hey, Stephen, Warriors haven't been as bad as it's been made out. Been in both games, yeah, by luck, and had opportunity to win both games against decent opposition. Moving forward, though, my backline would be Walsh, that's Reese, Dallin Watney Zelezniak, Ewan Aitken, yeah, I think you're going to have to drag him out of the forwards there. They need something a bit stiffer in the backline. Jesse Arthurs, uh, Montoya, open to others, and Chanel and SJ. Yeah, I'm beginning to go down that Chanel SJ path, you know what I'm thinking? Uh, because I was really disappointed, really disappointed um, with what's his name? Ash Taylor, what's his name? Ash Taylor's forgotten already. He's, he's gone to me. He's, he's gone. He's dust. Uh, and, and they've got some issues. They've got some real issues. But again, uh, as I have said in the past, you've always got to look at how they are playing and who and what they are doing with what they are doing. And the, the coaches, win record, 26%. Everybody's talking about like watching our NRL 360 last night. They were going on and on and on about Michael Maguire and how the Tigers are mud and he hasn't had any luck, yada, 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 yada. Uh, and, and um, Paul Kent was blaming the players, out and out blaming the players. Well, I sometimes think you get, the players do what they're told to do, and if you're buying bad players, that's that's then the fault of the management. It's as simple as that, right? The fault of the management and how they're being coached. Now, uh, Tim Sheens has come out and said, well, it's okay, I'm backing him, so that's the way it rolls. So we just have to wait and see. Uh, Brendan's just texted and said, you can't, oh, this, wow, how about this? Wow. Can't beat a spag bowl with venison, venison mince, not beef, with lots of garlic and nice warm garlic bread. Venison mince. Brendan, you have a palate, mate. I love the sound of that. Venison mince. That sounds okay. That sounds okay to say the least. So if you've got your thoughts on the Temper Bedpost text line, just get in, double eight double three. But I'd love you to call me as well. And actually give me uh, your favourite spag recipe because that's what we're doing. We're doing pasta recipes. Um, we're still trying to get Andy Raymond, by the way. Uh, he's, he better not be sleeping. I'll be very grumpy at him, uh, if he has slept in uh, or still sleeping and ignore and his phone's on silent. But he did promise that we'd have a chat about the Barry Hall SBW fight. And if you have some thoughts on the Hall SBW fight, please feel free to give us a call. 0800 150 do you think Sonny Bill Williams is a genuine heavyweight contender? That's what Andy Lee says. This is Joseph Parker, Tyson Fury's trainer. Do you think that Sonny Bill Williams is a genuine 
genuine threat to the heavyweight ranks. I'm not sure he thinks that. Andy Lee, who spoke on Izzy and Baz this morning, does think that. So why don't you text, no, forget the text, call me. Call me now, 0800-150811. That's 0800-150811. And tell me what you think. Is Sonny Bill Williams a genuine, genuine heavyweight contender? And, And why do you think that? Because I think it's important, because we know... It's quite simple to look at the bloke. He is a specimen. He is a specimen and a half. That does not make him a boxer. I've seen him in the boxing ring, and he's, he's not half bad. Not half bad, to say the least. But is he world class? That is the question. I had a look at who he's fought, and let's be, let's be blunt. Uh, it's look, it looks like a bit of a padded, a padded resume, to, to say the least. But that's what you do when you're going up through the ranks. But he's, what, 35, 36, 37 now? And Barry Hall is 45. So, and I had my last fight at 48, so I wouldn't be bringing that into a consention, but I just thought I'd throw it in there anyway. Uh, so, 0800 150 That's 0800 150 Do you think Sonny Bull Williams is a genuine heavy, heavy one weight contender? What do you got, Logan? Uh, this. Text came through on the Temper Bear Post text machine, not for us, but for the morning show. But I want to throw it to you. Uh, they're saying this is from Frazy. SBW couldn't get out of the first round against a real boxer, uh, as you just you know alluded to there. These retired league guys' fights are akin to the rugby versus cricket match, a social money grab. They're calling it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's not let's 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 <laughs> let's be blunt. Uh, Sunny Bill's manager, Coda Nasser, is well known about about making money for Sunny and himself. That's fine. I accept that. But we are in the business of entertainment. So, you okay, so July coming up, right? July coming up is the Fight for Life returns, right? Main event, Kevin Mialamu, Wairangi Korpu. Yeah, exactly, right? And you're smiling going, hey, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. We've spoken to both of them. Uh, I was doing an um, extra time, and I spoke to both of them, and they Kevin Mialamu is genuinely excited about potentially having a career a late career as a boxer. And he's being trained by one of the best in this country when it comes to trainers and Monty Beatham. And I've seen some of the work, and Monty's very big on his socials, and Kevin's now getting quite good on his socials as well. He, You know, you can look like a champion in training, right? You can be anything in, in training. But he honestly looks the business. Kevin Mialamu looks the business. But do not discount Wairangi Kōpū. Now, I think uh, he is... I think there is a member or one of the boxing fraternity in the CKB gym. I think I think Doug Viney might be getting involved there to help train him. And I honestly think that uh, he is going to be something special uh, against Mialamu. Because when you look at Kevin Mialamu, Logan, let's be blunt here, right? He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy, but, I mean, does he have that kind of instinct to – I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Wadangi Kupu, he's a, he's a pretty decent-looking bloke. Does Kevin have the, I don't know, the guts to really line him up and um, fire? Mate, I do, I do not know, but if it comes down to uh, who I'm going to back, that is a question that I'm not so sure I have. Um, is Andy getting close, is he? It sounds like Andy's getting close. That's good. I'm going to call him out straight away. Should we take a wee break now and then get to Andy? What? Okay, so Andy Raymond, are you with me now? I am, Mr. MacGyver, I am, and I am so sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say sorry like like you are being browbeaten, now I'm happy. Mate, I, I had a text this morning uh, on the Temper Bedpost text line, why is Andy Raymond not a sideline commentator on the league anymore? He was the best one, says Carl. 
Carl, you are an absolute champion. <laughs> and the next time I head over that side of the ditch, I'm buying you a beer. Yeah, well, it I'm... is a long story. I'm not a bitter person. I'm not going to bring it back up. But I got crapped on from a great distance, um, <laughs> and it still eats me a little bit yeah, now. <laughs> I miss you too, mate. I miss you too, and I'm I'm with Carl. So, but we move on, right? And I'm so happy. Like I think I texted you. I'm so happy that you are calling this fight between Hall and SBW tomorrow night. There are many varying opinions on it. So I was saying, yeah. I was saying before, Andy. You know, Sonny's eight no, but it's a padded record. And Hall's uh, yeah. he drew he drew with uh, Gallon. That's and we know he's a boxer. Let's let's be blunt. I saw the press conference. Who do you like? Yep. Uh, I like Barry Hall. Really? I like Barry Hall for the win. Who do I like? I like both guys. And the reason I like both guys is they're genuinely decent men. They're, they're actually gentlemen. I'm going to read you a little bit of a script here, Stephen, from the press conference yesterday. No gimmicks needed. Barry Hall and Sonny Bill Williams. No outrageous claims, no threats, no false publicity seeking, no gimmicks needed because we've got two elite level athletes, two big tough guys and two absolute gentlemen. The world of boxing is respectfully a circus and a promotional (laughs) beast that has been put on steroids by the UFC the trash-talking that has somehow become acceptable, the using the language in, a, in a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an audience that boasts a lot of women that, that I wouldn't use that type of language in front of ladies. It has become a circus to attract dollars. We go back generations, boxers were gentlemen. The biggest gentlemen, they were scallywags, but they were gentlemen. Sonny Bill Williams and Barry Hall are gentlemen. They don't need to say, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do this to you, kid. kids. I'm going to be the best in the world. There's no gimmicks needed. It's an NRL Premiership winner, an AFL Premiership winner, a World Cup winner, two elite-level athletes that are businessmen and gentlemen. This week, that business happens to be the business of punching faces. <laughs> so who do I like? I like both of them because they're gentlemen and they're champions. But who do I like in the fight? I like Barry Hall. Yeah, why do you like Barry Hall, though? I, I saw a bit of that Gallon fight back when I was thinking about this fight. Yep. He's actually got a handy little uppercut, but, but he's tough. now. But, but, we, but so is Sonny. So where does the edge come? I think the edge comes from that little bit of crazy that you need <laughs> to be uh, a successful boxer. And Sonny is such a gentleman and has to have been so calculated across the majority of his career. In fact, across the entirety of his career, he's had to be calculated down to the step. Barry was calculated, but Barry's got that, that boxer's switch. And when you flick a boxer's switch, like Barry did on the AFL field, when you switch that, um, crazy things can happen. He's he's half be it crazy, poor old Barry. Okay, but, um, but they they say style wins fights. It's an old it's an old boxing cliche, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and 
when you look at Sonny Bill, he's got a hell of a jab. I think he's got a pretty handy jab, right? I, I like what yep. he's doing. But he's also brought in Andy Lee, which is Tyson Fury and Joseph Parker's trainer. Yeah. Is that going to add anything to his arsenal? Certainly is, Steve. Uh, and well-researched as always, mate. But yes, yeah, that that is going to, going to help and going to help dramatically. But he's had to pull out all stops. This is the last chance at boxing. This is the last chance at a Paul Gallon payday. I was one of about 80 people that saw his most recent fight, which was hidden away in Townsville in uh, March, uh, no, May, June of last year. Not great. Not great. And that was the first time he'd fought in six years. So this is the second time he has fought in seven years. The second time in seven years as a 30-something-year-old. Against a 45-year-old. Yeah, no, that, and and look, and that, that, that is also true. So the mathematics there, it is also true. Um, no, look, there's so many different narratives, and depending on who you like or who you support, you might be able to find an angle to look at it that certain way and see an advantage uh, for your guy. I just think the advantage, the way I see it, is, is probably with with Barry because he's got that little bit of crazy about him. Hey, hey, watch the your guy thing because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking any side on this one. One final thought because I'm, I'm short on time now, Andy. Who gets knocked out? Do you, you on? Is there a knockout in this? Danny maybe Green said there was. Late. Yeah, may, maybe late. Uh, we're, we're scheduled for eight rounds. If there's a knockout, I said coming under fatigue in probably the sixth or seventh round. Um, okay. And that would be that'd be the stoppage for me. You, my friend, are a champion. Thanks for finally getting out of bed for me. I'm just throwing that one back at you. Uh, but you are. <laughs> uh, but uh, by the way, uh, how does the Andy Raymond podcast going? That magnificent rugby league podcast going? Tremendous. You know who we had on last week? The best of the best of the best. The legend, Mark Graham, telling me stories like you have never heard before. Yeah, well, Unbelievable. It's, it's a good place to go. Andy, as always, thanks for time. We'll talk again, mate. See you, champion. Thanks, mate. 10-19. Yeah, Andy Raymond podcast is something to have a look at. Uh, he has got a mountain of rugby league content on there, and it's one of the best going around. Oh, Hang on, we've got the panel to do shortly, don't we? Running a bit late, but that's the way it is. We're hustling and moving and grooving today on Rock and Roll Tuesday. It's 10.20. Are you? Good morning, mate. How are you? Okay, before I go any further, I want you to listen to this, James, and tell me and explain it to me. Go. Okay, so what is that bag singing? Where was it? And do you think you can sound like Lady Gaga? Um, yeah, wow, that wasn't uh, expected. I'd have to thank my colleague Luke Robinson for putting that up uh, online. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday, and he managed to to get a wee, wee bit of me. Um, wow. Great song, by the way. Yeah, but all I can say is, wow. How many on board yeah. did you have? <laughs> a few, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was a few. Yeah. All right, Watto, let's start. Uh, SBW, Barry Hall tomorrow night on Sky Sport Now and Sky Arena. Who you got? Oh, look, I'm going to go with Sonny Bell. I think he, um, I just think he's got more expect. I think he's really, really focused on this. 
I don't think Sonny Bill Williams uh, does things lightly. Um, look, I, I watched the Barry Hall, um, his, his, his first fight against Paul Gallon, and he's certainly got height, hasn't he? He's got reach, but, you know, Gallon seemed to sort of get in there and be able to close him up a little bit. Look, great fight. I reckon this will re- be a really, really good fight. Um, it's nice to actually see press conferences where there's no real animosity, uh, because I think that's just the nature of Sonny Bill, a little bit like Joseph Parker. Sometimes we want to see a lot of the... Um, sort of off-fight antics. But, yeah, no, look, I, I'm just looking forward to it. But, yeah, look, I, I'm confident that Sonny Bill will get the job done. I don't think um, Andy Lee, his trainer, sort of um, will get involved purely in regards to celebrity-type belt. And I think when Andy Lee says, look, I think Sonny Bill's got some real ability, I, I, I'm going to go with that. And so, yeah, and the money's on Sonny Bill. Really looking forward to it. Oh, OK. Uh, you, you also touched the very good nerve with Andy Raymond, the commentator who is calling the match tomorrow night. Good man, too. He said the same thing about the press conference. It's, it was more of what it used to be like, gentlemen uh, talking about the, the sport of boxing rather than uh, a circus. So I'm, I'm happy you said that. OK, James, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you never back against Sonny Bill Williams, do you? And especially when he's got someone like Andy Lee in his corner. We've seen the improvements that uh, Joseph Park has made under Andy. So certainly um, a lot to look forward to. And yeah, Sonny, Sonny doesn't do these things by halves. He's certainly in it for a good few fights. And I think he's just going to knock this one off. Um, and move on to the next pretty swiftly. Yeah, I love how you said knock it off because Danny Green, who's one of the pro- promoters with, I think, Kota Nasser, who's uh, the manager with with uh, Sonny Bill, says it'll be a knockout and it will be Barry Hall knocking him out. I, I suppose, Mark, we talk about these fights. These we, We'll call them celebrity fights. You and I have both been in the, in the ring and we know what it's like. Does this, is this the sort of fight that gets you excited? Oh, actually, this does get me excited. I, I do. I, I think we're all interested in Sonny Bill Williams. I think he really endeared himself to the New Zealand sporting public after maybe a little bit of a shaky start in his young years with the Canary Banks down saga and stuff. But as he's got on, I mean, everybody you speak to, he's a classy guy off the field. Um, we want to see what he's doing. Well, look, boxing's just really at the forefront of a lot of people's minds here in New Zealand, thanks to Duco events. Um, clearly, also with what we've seen with um, you know the UFC and mixed martial arts, and, and mm. so yeah, gladiatorial sports are right at the forefront, and we are wanting to hear. Look, we all love. You can like it or not, but everyone loves a good a, a good fight, don't they? And oh, look, I, I, this is New Zealand versus Australia to a degree. Anyone else other than Sonny Bill? And yeah, you might go, oh, am I going to spend 30 bucks on this? Probably not, but I'll, I'll spend 30 bucks. Well, you'll be spending 40, okay, because that's the price on Sky Arena and Sky Sport. Now, James, does this excite you? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it's exciting to see Sonny back in the ring, uh, definitely, without knowing too much about uh, Barry Hall from a boxing point of view. But anytime Sonny um, gets in the ring or gets on the field, it, it, it attracts attention, right? You know, we all love Sonny Bill and what he does. Um, both on and off the field. So just the chance to get him um, in the ring and, and have a look at him again is pretty exciting, particularly where he's at in this stage of his career and um, and, and being away, I guess, from the ring for, for a wee while. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. But, yeah, going back to what we said earlier, he doesn't do things by heart, so he'll be he'll be ready to go and he'll, he'll be ready to put on a pretty good show. So it should be it should be a good one. Gents, hold the line. It's half past ten. We'll be back with you shortly. James, you can work on your vocals. Mark, you can think about uh, the Watt Warriors and having a crack at them, because I've already had a crack at them. And we'll talk about that on the other side here on SENZ. You by Dilma. Do try 
10.32 with Stephen McIver in for Ian Smith. The Timber Bed Post text line is double eight double three. You can call on anything that we are talking about right now with the expertise on 0800 150811. Your input is really important to me. James Regan from News Hub and Mark Watson, commentator, broadcaster extraordinaire. All right, let's talk about the Warriors. Let's t- try and stay away from the cliches of what, <laughs> what we've seen, Mark. You're fired up already. Maybe I should put you on hold for a moment, Mark. All right, let's. right, they're sitting 14th. They're 0-2. I, I have I've openly come out and seen a couple of podcasts the last week and this morning. They are mud. Uh, I don't know what they're being in the off season. They've got one of the one of the better packs running around. But again, I and I, I cautioned this when uh, here on SCNZ that I'm not so sure about the back line. So, Mark, you first up. What do you make of the first well, two okay. games? Got- Hang on, back the truck up, pal. What do you make of the first two games? And then what would you be doing this week? There you go. Well, yeah, okay, what did I make of the first two games? And to be fair, I've sort of got to say, in recent seasons, I haven't focused too much on the Warriors, but I have watched the first two games of this season. Look, just, just soft at key times, poor decision-making, and the game, just basic handling errors that, are, unfortunately, just to sort of almost become part of the Warriors' brand, and just at key times, you know, giving away that penalty, resetting the tackle count. Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, Nathan Brown, I said this uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, but a coach that comes out and says the goal was top eight just doesn't impress me. The goal should not be the top eight. The top eight just extends the season by a week. I want a coach that says, no, we're top four. That's what we're focusing on. That's where we're aiming. It's almost like you've done the season down before you sort of started it. And I don't like that. What changes would have went? I don't think it's about rotating all the time off the back of losses. I think it's about consistency in selection, allowing these players to maybe learn from some of those mistakes um, they've made in the last couple of weeks, seeing if they can, with five or six days to think about it, to, to reset, to, to make better decisions under pressure. Um, that's, that's, you know, a good, that's a good point, mate. It's a good point because I was talking to someone the other day about that and he was wondering how many of these young boys have ever been under pressure and do they train for that? Well, well, that's exactly right. And you can train all you want, but there's nothing like nothing replicates a game like a game. Um, you know, and they are in the cauldron. Um, but you'd like to think that they've got through to this level because they do have the top two inches to a degree. Um, I often what separates players who get to elite level sport and those that come short. I still believe it comes down to the top two inches, uh, the mental toughness. And, you know, you give these guys just a little bit more time. I mean, I think there was a lot to still like about that performance against the Titans, um, considering how many mistakes and... Um, how many um, opportunities we presented the Titans, and certainly the second half. Um, I thought the Warriors, um, yeah, looked a better side in that second half. And they need to build on that momentum. Um, so, yeah, nice to see Reese Walsh maybe get a little bit more active, but I'm not sure how you do that. Um, Rocco Berry, I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, I'm, Blake playing well. I'm a Josh. I'm a Josh. Curran, I'm becoming a Josh Curran fan. James Regan, I want to. I want this. This is concerning for me, and I'm not trying to blow this out of pr- proportion, but. In his post-match press conference, Nathan Brown said, we're past trying to to develop players. We want to win bloody games of footy, and that was just not acceptable. We used to The Warriors used to be a development club and a very successful one. What do you make of that, that statement? Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and ask Nathan again what he actually meant by that, because a lot of their, I guess, pre-season talk has been about We've got a few younger players, and you mentioned a couple of them. They're, you know, Rockaberry and, and all of those. 
and we want to develop them and we want to bring them up and make them, you know, in a few years' time into solid first-grade players. And so to be, I guess, a couple of games into the season um, off the off the back of a couple of defeats and and kind of come out and say that is, is a bit of a head scratcher, particularly because they do have they do have really good young players who have a lot of potential. So it'd be interesting to go back and ask Nathan if that was just in the heat of the moment, but there was no doubt that those younger players did cough up some mistakes, some handling errors, and they, they did at times just look like they were caught in the headlights a bit, which which is fine. You, you can deal with that a couple of times a season maybe, but when you're trying to get your season going, it, it's just not what you can afford, and, and Nathan Brown did say that much as well, but in terms of selection this week, you, I think you've got to keep it the same. A large part of this, their undoing last year, came down to they they were either forced into so many changes because of injuries, or they they just they just decided to chop and change. And, and Brown said that a, a, a few times in terms of we just want consistency, we just want to be able to field the same team week in week out. And so it, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of team team he names. Um, for this weekend, because it's pretty much a must-win against the Tigers, isn't it, who have also had a pretty rough start for the season. It's interesting, James, because another James has just texted and said, well, hang on a minute, Manly's 0-2 before we start putting the boot into the Mighty Warriors. Well, actually, Manly were 0-4 last last year before they they went close to uh, making the grand final. I, I But I just look at the what they've got across the board against what the Warriors have got, have got across the board, and they've got a, a far superior back line. So... I'm not so sure. I think when you start saying, I'm tired of developing players, which is, that's what he's saying, I think there's a little bit of panic. That's where I'll leave it. I'll let you think about that one because we'll move on to some positive news. And, of course, the All-Whites this morning, Mark, I thought was solid. 4-0 win. Big, the big nut comes in there. Chris Wood scores a couple. Elijah Just, a youngster, gets a goal uh, and, a, and a goal to Clinton. Uh, Clinton, did I say Clinton? Is that right? Clayton, Clayton gets one as well. Clayton Lewis. So, uh, nice. Uh, they got to win the tournament. Then it just gets harder. Yeah. Look, um, I mean, Chris Wood. He's just a class act, isn't he? He's just a goal scoring machine. Not easy games to play against uh, the likes of Fiji, Papua New Guinea. Um, you know, they don't generally tend to play um, with a lot of sort of well traditional shape. They don't tend to play with maybe the finesse of Europe um, and therefore not always an easy side to play in terms of the way you set yourself up. Yeah, I don't think, you know, particularly against Papua New Guinea, a lot of criticism over just a 1-0 victory, but as I said, for a whole lot of different reasons. And so nice to come out and win 4-0 today. It's about getting momentum. Um, It's not going to be an easy run. You're right, we are expected to win Oceania um, and then it gets difficult. But it's nice that Chris Wood... Uh, Winston Reid, those players are making themselves available. Um, you could see the emotion on Chris Wood's face when he became New Zealand's greatest goal scorer at an all-white mm. level. Um, what it does mean to him, and I think I think a lot of momentum and a lot of that came off the back of his success in Tokyo last year um, at the Olympic Games. And so, um, you know, the thing with football is you've always got a chance, haven't you? Uh, we see that regularly in the English Premier League, where. You know, we only saw it last week Man City versus Crystal Palace where Manchester City just dominated that. It was a nil all draw. And so, look, take this opportunity. Uh, like anything, though, like we were just discussing with the Warriors, don't use it a competition to give every player a run and develop it. We don't have enough time. Yeah. Get your core players and let's just continue yeah. to build and continue to work. Good call, Mark. Very good call. I'm, I'm, I'm all about going for the win. What about you, James? What did you make of it? Yeah, it was good. It was good to see, um, I guess, 
the likes of Chris Wood come in and, and make an immediate impact, which is what you need them uh, to do in these situations, especially when they're such important games. Uh, they got hustled a little bit by Fiji, um, especially in that first half. They were they were kind of all up in their faces, but it was good to see them just stay stay composed, um, go through go through what was obviously their plan just to um, just to stay at it, and then it, it came good in the end. But yeah, it, whenever these players come back in, the likes of Chris Wood, they need to make an impact and, and get results, which is um, great to see them doing at the moment. All right, well, that's us done, boys, for the uh, EQ expertise. James, uh, how old were you Were you yesterday, by the way? 13, 14? <laughs> 23. So right on yeah, pretty, 23 pretty much, yeah, 13, 14. There you go, mate. It's always a, <laughs> I haven't seen you for a long time, but when we catch up, I'll say hi, but please no Lady Gaga. And, Mark, I know you love Journey, but please don't put anything uh, attempted singing on that, okay? Oh, probably a little bit better. <laughs> that's that's a champion. Back yourself. There you go, Mark Watson and James Regan. They were the expertise with Dilmar this morning on the panel. Uh, 0800 150811. If you have any thoughts about what they were saying about the Warriors, the All Whites, and of course SBW versus Barry Hall tonight on tomorrow night. Excuse me, tomorrow night on Sky Sport Now and Sky Arena, or you can get on the Timber Bed Post text line double eight double three. Charles, by the way, the interview with uh, the SBW uh, Hall fight was with. Andy Raymond, former rugby league commentator, sideline expert, one of the best going around. Uh, he is going, and he has an unfiltered podcast on rugby league players. It's called Andy Raymond Unfiltered on all those podcast platforms. But that's who I was talking to. He is calling the fight tomorrow night. SCNZ. This is Mackay from the morning in for Smithy, 0800 150811. The Timber Bed Post text line is double eight double three. Money for nothing. Well, that could be money for nothing uh, if you get on the race. All right? This is how it works. You follow at SENZ underscore radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us a DM with the words in caps, THE RACE. There's a chance to win 0.5% share of self-assured, right? Money for nothing, right? Simple, really, when you think about it. If Self-Assured wins the race at Cambridge Race 1 April 14, one lucky winner walks away with 0.5% of the winnings from the race. Under 1% of the winnings. Here's hoping that 1% of the winnings is, under 1% of winnings is worth being money for nothing. But hey, money for nothing, we love. All right, what we do love too right now as we head towards 1048, uh, Logan, is the fact that what's going on in the world of the NFL quarterbacks. So... Okay, Brady retires, unretires, stays with the Bucks. He's hoping Gronk stays, right? The Gronk stays with him. Are we, are we happy about that? Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady staying in the NFL. I mean, he looks after his body, right? Like, mm. he will go as far as he wants to go. And he's probably going to be one of those guys that stays until the game moves on from him. All right, so Aaron Rodgers stays on a mega, mega contract. They're saying now it's... Uh, about 153 million dollars or thereabouts, but the last it's it's three or four years, but the last two years there's asterisks over it. Okay, so that's interesting. I find that interesting. Russell Wilson was the first mover. I like it here in I like it here in Seattle. I don't like, I like it here in Seattle. I'm going to the Broncos. So the Broncos have got rid of him. Yeah, a bit of drama there between him and the coach. There, I think that might be a bit of a okay. Factor. So so and then this, Deshaun Watson out of Houston. Uh, wanted a trade though, didn't he? He wanted out of the Texans, and so he's gone to the Browns. 
Right, so before we get to the Brown situation, this morning Matt Ryan out of the Falcons has been traded to the Colts. So the question remains, with one minute left, where does that leave Baker Mayfield who wants out of the Browns because they've brought in someone else and it's Deshaun Watson? This is the big drama. This is what I'm loving so much at the moment, McIver, is just the... It's like a carousel of quarterbacks just going to all these different teams. Matt Ryan played with the Atlanta Falcons for 14 years. Uh, Baker Mayfield is just... He must be stuck in the middle there. He's like the last kid in gym class being picked here. <laughs> and that's a bad call. And it's, I mean, that's what it feels <laughs> no like. No one wants to play with you, Baker. <laughs> kind of what it feels like. I put this to uh, my fantasy NFL uh, crew. We have a group chat that has just been going off at the moment. I called them Baker Nomates. Because no, no one seems to want to play with him. And the, it seems like at the moment, potentially Seattle is the answer to your question. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where he goes. All right, this is SNZ Mornings with Stephen McIver, 0800 150 Coming up, we'll love some racing and check out what's happening at the TAB here on SNZ. <laughs> no. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. 10.55, as always, Louis Herman Watt doing double duty. Hey, Lou. Hey, man, how you going? Yeah, good. What gives today? Uh, no thoroughbred racing today, <gasps> exactly. Um, there are trials going on around the country. Um, tomorrow we're up at Pukekohe for an industry meeting, and there looks to be some nice fields. I'll tell you what I want to look at briefly. Now you're going to catch up with Brendan Popwell of the TAB in a second. Mm-hmm. The only futures market we have alive for New Zealand thoroughbreds right now is the Manawatu Size Produce Stakes, the group one for the two-year-olds, not this weekend coming, the weekend after that. And there's an interesting market move that I've noticed here. Wolverine, who uh, didn't win the Karaka Million, ran on, chased Dynastic really hard. Um, is coming to three dollars eighty. Dynastic just out of touch. I know the Australian bloodstock connections and the and the trainer uh, Roy Burgesson have huge opinion of Wolverine. This filly, she's excellent. She's uh, like a speedster. She can she's versatile. She's well travelled. And I think that the market moving slightly here might just give you a point of how spot on she is after a little freshen up. I personally think that Dynastic's going to be really hard to stop. Really, really hard to stop after his performance on Cup Day up at Auckland, mm-hmm. um, a run under his belt coming back. I think he can go huge, but this is a real interesting market. And one just to watch in the next couple of weeks, look at his Maven Bell. So over the next 10 days or so before the final market comes out, keep an eye on this, see where Wolverine finishes up. $3.80 at the moment, Dynastic 280 It's going to be an interesting one. This is why you're so good at what you do. You look ahead to things. Thanks, thanks, Louis. Appreciate the time. I like the name Wolverine, don't you, Logan? Wolverine. My Wolverine joy. is my favourite X-Men of all time. So. Oh, yes, Hugh Jackman, who's now on Broadway doing a circus sort of uh, show at the moment, which looks like it's going off. All right, time for a TAB uh, update. Don't forget to bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. And, of course, one of my good mates, the Pops, is in the house, Brennan Popwell. Hey, Pops. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Warriors, Tigers. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What do you got? <laughs> what have we got? We got one seventy-four Warriors uh, favourites against the Tigers at two dollars and five cents. Both well supported wow. for the Wooden Spoon as well. Oh. Wooden Spoon. We're talking about that after round, uh, leading it to round number three. 
Punters are faithful, though. They have been with the Warriors in the first two rounds. They are backing up again. One seventy-four for the Warriors mm-hmm. against the Tigers and Friday Night Football at eight on Sky. I, I find that that amazing, but they're against a team that also is playing like poo. So uh, I suppose yep. that's that's what you'd expect. What else is going on today, Bud? Uh, Cricket World Cup, of course, Stephen. Two games, and looking forward to the one coming up at the uh, South Africa v Australia at the base. Yeah. we've seen a lot of money for South Africa. Uh, in this match against Australia, despite their dominance through the World Cup so far, we've seen a lot of good bets for South Africa at the big price around $4. Uh, Rachel Haynes, top run scorer for Australia, uh, is also expect uh, best woman, 325 on her at $4. And of course, coming up a little bit later on, we do have India playing Bangladesh uh, out of the city of the future, of course, is Hamilton. <laughs> Don't say that. I lived there for five years. It's not the city of the future. Come on. Hey, just quickly, just, just quickly stop it. Pakistan beating India, does that play sort of mathematically into the uh, the White Fern's hand? Oh, look, it does. If, um, if a number of other things... Someone else is going to lose now, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, the White Ferns are 100-1 to 1 to win the World Cup. They have been placed back in the market after that match last night with, with Pakistan. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be placing them back in the market. Thanks, Pobs. Appreciate your time, mate. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, man. Yeah, pleasure. Watch and bet live on your favourite sport and racing at tab.co.nz. And please gamble responsibly. R18. Okay, slight change to things today. Guess what we're going to do? Stumped by Stephen after 11. In other words, get on the blower if you want to try and stump me right now. Get on the blower. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. We're sort of... A little premature today. Well, for some of us, that can be a problem. Uh, 0800 150811, stumped by Stephen, is not too far away. And also after 11 o'clock this morning, Mount Rushmore. What's your favourite pasta? Want to know that? What is your favourite pasta? And we talked to Anna Stanley about the upcoming round in ANZ Nepal. So stick around here on Mornings with McIver in for Smithy. 0800 150811, stumped by Stephen, is next after Araho with News. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on S. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yeah, we're switching things up a little bit here today. It's time for Stumped. (laughs) At 11 rather than 11.30. This is just the way the show has gone today, Stephen. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Hustle and hustle, flow. Hustle and we're, flow. We're working with who's available to us, and uh, <laughs> it's keeping us on our toes, and I love it. So, yes, McIver is back there behind the wickets today, Smithy on World Cup duties. Uh, today we have $50 worth of TAB bonus bits up for grabs, along with some sleep drops, daytime revive. Try New Zealand sleep drops for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed, sleepdrops.co.nz. That is what you could win and joining us now at the crease is Simon from Hamilton as we said just before city of the future how you going mate I'm very well this morning yourself real good mate Uh, city of the future Simon really (laughs) city of the future I've lived there do you believe that it was good enough for you mate <laughs> nice comeback. Good. Slap right in the chops. All right, mate. Good call, mate. Good call. I live there too. And to be honest, I mean, Hamilton is on the up. I love it. All right. 
So for the <laughs> don't don't laugh at me, Stephen. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so if you're a new listener here, uh, this is how Stumped works. We have three sporting categories to choose from today. Answer all three questions correctly, then you win it all. But if you get a question wrong, then it's over to McIver, and he's got a chance to get it right and knock your bales off. Get stumped within the first two questions, and then it's on to the next caller in line. Get stumped on the final question, and we will jackpot tomorrow. Now, Simon, today's topics are ice hockey, soccer, football, and basketball. Take your pick. Uh, basketball. All right, better hopes. Let's go. Do you have a favorite team? Uh, the Grizzlies now. Big Steve. Love it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> big Steve. He is big. He's a monster. He man. is He's huge. A monster. All right. First question, Simon. I let you always derail stumped. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I'll be quiet. Right. <laughs> LeBron James recently overtook Carl Malone to become second on the NBA all-time scoring list. Who sits at the top? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, probably a bit of an easy one if you're a Hoops fan. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he has three... This is so many. 38,387 points. LeBron currently 36,947. So he's got... A wee while to go. Have you been watching that winning time on um, No, so- see, there's, there's the thing. I love, I love documentaries, but when I saw that this was like more of a reenactment kind of thing, I... It's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's I'll pretty try cool. it, but I mean, I was huge on... Uh, God, what was the MJ one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. The one on about the, that one too. Yeah, uh, that was really good. Okay, <laughs> second... So good, I can't remember the name of it. Simon, second question... The New Zealand Breakers last won the AMBL title in 2015 when they swept the Cairns Taipans. What was the grand final venue for that epic moment? What year was that? 2015. Where was that final held? Uh, I'll, I'll say the Intec. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. That's right, North Shore Event Centre. I was there, so I didn't get to hear that great call, but I saw it later on TV. Huge moment for the franchise. Can't wait to see them back in the final again. I assume, McIver, you would have had that one in the bag too. Yeah, I did. I I, I, I had the N6. So nice work, Simon. Actually, you sound like a, a basketball expert. <laughs> Oh, I had two boys play for oh, up until two years ago, so travelled around the traps and sort of know everybody, and you learn a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you, well, it's good to have a memory like an elephant too. So you're almost there, pal. Yeah. Last question. Here's hoping some of those people you've run into are huge New York Knicks fans, because this is the final question. It's been a while for the Knicks since they last won the NBA championship. In what decade was it? Oh, wow, that's a good one. What decade did the Knicks last win a championship? Decade. Will be century as well. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Simon. It's up to you, mate. Mm, I'm going to say the 80s. You're going to say the 80s. Great decade, but... One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Over to you, McIver. What? Which decade did the New York Nets Knicks last win a championship? Oh, I'd go either side of that, right? So I'm going to have to figure this one out. He said, Simon said, eighties. 
<laughs> I heard that, Brian. Thank you. Uh, 70s. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right Woo! in the slot, and away it goes. All out guess. All out guess while you're stumped on the final question there, Simon. Yes, the last time the New York Knicks won the NBA championship was in 1973. So it's been a while. Thanks, mate. Stumped you. Have a great day in the city of the future. Oh, well, don't worry. <laughs> Good man. We, yes, keep, we, we keep rolling now, don't we? Mate, you can do whatever you want. Oh, I don't. We don't. We have Dave. Doesn't Dave come on? Is no, it? no. Oh, you so stumped, mate. I've stumped on the so, last question. Yep. Okay, so we're going to jackpot. Some... <laughs> it's been that day. It's been Make that day. Me a coffee. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're coming up to an ad break. Let us know what your order is. No, Nick. Tomorrow it will jackpot up to one hundred dollars plus the sleep drops. All right. Well, so Dave and uh, for, thanks for hanging on, boys. But McIver gets one, which is a rarity, knowing that I'm a part of a numbskull. And I, you know what? I wouldn't have got the first two. Oh, I got the second one. I wouldn't have got that first one, though. That was a – what was the first question again? It was about, um, oh, the who was the top scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You should have a look at that winning winning time thing on Soho or on SkyGo if you've got SkyGo because it's actually not bad because they shoot it. Uh, and you'd like cinematography and things like that. So there's a bit of a 70s feel as well. I they, do. They, I they love jump, They jump in between that whole, that whole 70s look, the sort of chroma, 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 whatever look. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Kodachrome look. I, You're right. Technicolor. That, yeah, I know what Technicolor is, but there's that Kodachrome <laughs> look, that sort of that 70s grungy look, you know. Uh, it's, also, now that the pressure is off, it's the last dance. That's what I was looking for. The last dance. Yeah, I, that was cool. That was really cool. I got stuck into that. Is there anything else sporty you're stuck into at the moment when it comes to binging on anything? Or is no? There's not a lot around, is there? No, the, I mean, to be honest, the thing I'm binging at the moment is trying to catch up on The Walking Dead, and I don't get a lot of TV time at the moment with uh, a 16-month-old running around the house. So. Oh, why would you watch? That's depressing, The Walking Dead. I, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yep, that's where you are at. It's uh, 10 minutes past 11. I might as well do this now because I was going to try and do it before. But we just were talking about the uh, Pet Refuge Trade Me auctions, right? And, of course, um, this is a really cool project because, you know, when women are getting out of uh, abusive relationships, they can't always take their pet. So, uh, and, and they don't want to leave the relationship because they're worried about the pet. Well, uh, this is to, to help out pet refuges and to look after the pets while uh, women sort themselves out and the, the, the horrible relationships they're in. So here's just a list of the, some of the items that are available on Trade Me. You go to the Trade Me website and it's search Pet Refuge NZ and, and bid away. There's uh, four 18-hole rounds at Kinloch, Kinloch Golf Club in Topol, 10% off the Rack Rat and the uh, Kinloch Manor and Villas. That sounds all right. That's a that's a Jack Nicholas Jack Nicholas signature golf course. Say that quickly. I'm going to Topol today uh, this week too. Uh, the voucher cannot be used in March of this year. Well, it's almost over. Don't worry about it. Uh, signed Matt Watson gear package. Uh, you know, this is the guy that likes to jump off helicopters, wrestle marlins, and he's, it's really good to watch. Have you seen Matt Watson do his stuff? He's got to be slightly, slightly bonkers. He uh, makes great TV, though. He makes, well, no, we call it content now. The content. content. It's now content, okay? So just, just come on, keep up, bud, keep up. Uh, this is one I, I haven't heard about. Uh, one night stay for two at the Warm Earth Cottage. How about that? Now, the Wormworth Cottage Romantic Retreats, a delicious breakfast hamper, delivered to your veranda in the morning to be cooked on your cabin barbecue. When you're ready, there's no power. Just relax and can't light the Billy Boiler barbecue for making dinner. Katie Katie Village is just seven kilometres away should you need to pop out for the extra supplies. 
I just had that. That was my romantic voice. Well, that wasn't really romantic, though, was it? It wasn't, wasn't flash at all. It does sound like a nice little getaway, though. Don't look at me when you say that. Uh, uh, pet stock fish and fish and fish tank package. That's always fun. Well, it's hard work. So if you're going to auction on this one, make sure that you look after the fish. I've had that. I've had dramas with fish uh, before. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, stolen girlfriends club jewelry. The girls love. The young girls particularly love uh, stolen girlfriends. So what have I got here? A gorgeous stolen heart bracelet, uh, crafted in high polished sterling silver. The chain measurements are 18 centimeters plus a three centimeter extension. It comes with a Stolen Girlfriends Club jewelry box and matching earrings. I like this one here. Three pooch picnics. Three pooch picnics. You can treat your furry friend to a date out with a pooch picnic from Picnic Box. Every day, uh, so each box includes, uh, has treats from Zeewee Kiwi, a rope toy, and bottled water. Providence canned hodaki plains featuring five meats and fish from New Zealand's hodaki plains. Dog chew. I love this one. A venison hoofer. Ethnic sauce from Free Range Farms in New Zealand's South Island. It's a dog bone, basically. A big bugger, though. Uh, ZP Providence air-dried Otago Valley, uh, featuring five meats, fish and chips in Otago Valley. Not fish and chips, just fish from New Zealand's Otago. My dog eats chips. Uh, Eco-wire water and compostable drinking bowl. Very, very cool. So that's the Pet Refuge Trade Me auctions. Go to Trade Me website, search Pet Refuge, and bid away. You are doing the right thing. Z. I feel like singing When the moon hits her I like it a pizza pie It's amore It's not the one It's 11.20 here on uh, Mornings with McIver And for Smithy uh, Today it's Mount Rushmore And today We are talking about Our four favourite pastors Because the E in SENZ Is for entertainment Doesn't have to be sport all the time So uh, Logan and I thought Yep we like our guts And I like pasta Not a lot of it Because it does pack it on right If you have too much pasta It packs it on Unless you're an elite athlete Like yourself uh, So there you go Alrighty so Go for it, my friend. You Okay. Fire one at me. Fire a- one. Am I an elite athlete? I think you are. I think you are. I think you're an elite athlete. Mentally. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. I, I really do. Oh, well, that's important. It's important when you have to work with knob- knobs like me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, mate. Trust me. It's, it's nice having you back in the hot seat. All righty. So- my first one here, when you threw this at me, Mount Rushmore, uh, <laughs> this is a dish that kind of, I don't know, I, I think of it a lot. It's it's a meal that my wife and I have cooked a lot together from when we first started dating. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's, it's got connection. It's got connection here, okay. a bit of personality. Red wine, rose. Yeah. <laughs> not cre- it's not curry mushroom uh, and chicken like uh, I do Good shout, though. Spaghetti carbonara with bacon and mushrooms. That's- wow. That's my son's favorite. Spaghetti carbonara. Got him one from our favorite little... Uh, Haunton uh, Sinelli's called Scalini's to do a really nice carbonara. Okay, that's cool. Actually, it's funny how you do. So, when you were stepping your wife to be out, uh, did you step her out at an Italian restaurant first up? No. Uh, the very first meal I think I cooked for her was I actually did like a lamb roast. Oh, such a bloke thing, eh? No, just well, to show that you can cook yeah, right now. That's what no, it's about. I, Any man that can cook a roast is good for me. I love to cook, though. I do oh, love to too. cook. Just don't do it enough. Okay, see, because when I first stepped my wife out, when I was, you know, wooing her, uh, it was it was a um, Italian restaurant, Rose, whole nine yards, walking hand in hand by the water. Ah, oh, 
Italians. Uh, but it wasn't over a lasagna because my lasagna is my number four. Uh, I, I, and I get, a, I get a bit sort of confused with lasagna. Some lasagna, people get lasagnas right. Some people get lasagnas wrong. I've made a lasagna. I've tried to make a good lasagna. And actually, I think the best way to, to make a lasagna is to make it yourself, if you know what I mean. Because sometimes you just don't get it right. It's got to be not too... Uh, oily and not too tomatoey, if you know what I mean. But the mince is, you know, the meat you're having is key. Like that guy said to us before, you know, venison mince. How good's that? I mean, that was fantastic. Well, that was a sp- well, that was a spag bowl though. That was a spag bowl. That was Carl and this. Oh no, sorry, not okay. It was um, who was it? There it is. It's right there. It was uh, Brendan. He was the so yeah. Okay, lasagna. That's my number four. But there's more to come. I'm going to have to put, I mean, lasagna, I don't really order these uh, like I think you have, but I'll put lasagna <laughs> in there as well, but with an asterisk. I actually quite, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but uh, I'm quite partial to vegetarian lasagna. I just, I just yeah, really yeah, like, no. I like it with a bit of pumpkin, a bit of spinach, mm-hmm. bit of feta. Mm-hmm. You put that all in there with everything else you normally have in a lasagna. I just think it's an absolute is, winner. So is that your number three? Is that coming at number three for you, lasagna? Yeah, I'm putting that in a number three. A veg- the, but a vegetarian. Uh, yeah, off the back of your meat lasagna. If we're going to make it a venison lasagna, oh, well, I'm might, going you, vegetarian. Yeah, so. Okay, so my number three is something that I've had uh, twice at my little favourite restaurant. And I didn't know how I would respond. And it was a vegetarian one, right? Pumpkin cannelloni. Right? The pumpkin is, you know, mushed up, you know, what do you call it, pureed, then stuffed into the cannelloni tubes, right? But it's got a little bit of spice, the pumpkin. So it's not boring pumpkins. Pumpkin can be quite boring, right? You know, blah, blah, boring pumpkin. Don't eat it, mum, don't eat it, roast pumpkin. Love pumpkin. But you put the cannelloni and then you, I don't know what the sauce was. I went, that's going on my list. So pumpkin cannelloni. So I've gone veggio as well on that one. So, yeah, and it's not something that I would normally go out of my way to have, but having had it twice, I think I'll give it a, you know, I'll, I'll hold off now because you can get sick and tired of some stuff. Yeah, there are some things you, you could eat and eat and eat and never get <laughs> sick of, and there's others that you just kind of, it's a once every now and then, and that is what I have at number two. And it's so versatile, you can basically put anything in it as long as it doesn't fall apart. There can be a real art form to this. Uh, you asked me before about binging things. Yeah. I did go down a rabbit hole of uh, Netflix food shows for a while. Yeah. Really big on Ugly Delicious, and he sort of travels the around the world, David Chang. Yep. Uh, he goes to Italy and sort of learns different ways of doing things, and he compares dumplings and ravioli. Mm. And, yeah, ravioli, ravioli. is up there on my Mount Rushmore. You can uh, just uh, – so so is, is ravioli in your number two? Wow, yeah. ravioli. Ravioli. What sort of what sort of ravioli though? Stuff with anything. Stu- honestly, Stuff. Whatever, as long as it's stuffed with something good and it doesn't fall apart, which comes down more to the the cooking technique. What's the difference between ravioli and cannelloni? Honestly, I, I mean I'm not the massive pasta expert, but uh, size. <laughs> The way it's rolled? Isn't cannelloni okay. rolled? I think we're going we're to get ourselves in trouble here. We'll leave that alone. Number two for me, simple. I don't cook it well, though. My wife cooks the best version of this because she says, Stephen, would you take your time cooking the mince? You cannot produce a spaghetti bolognese in 35 minutes. Right? You can. I know you can. But if you, if you let the mince cook slowly and for a long time, Mm, mm, mm. And and throw um, you throw some stuff in it. 
Uh, you can, if you long cook it, you put some celery in it, some, oh God, I, I, my memory's gone completely, um, Worcester sauce in it. Wow, this is quite yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. exotic spangle. But, let it, but let, it, let it, you know, sit for a while, mm-hmm. slow cook the mince. Okay, that's my number two, and then number one, I'll give you my recipe that you were asking for. Yeah, spag bell is a good shout. My number one, and I mean, when it first came to mind, I was like, is that a pasta dish? But no, it absolutely is. My oh. number one has to be Mac and cheese again, also versatile. Uh, pulled pork mac and cheese. Don't knock it. It is pulled abs- pork. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's great because it's pulled pork. But together with the mac and cheese, it's just homemade mac and cheese. Yes, got to be homemade mac homemade, and cheese. Yeah, I'm not doing that craft dinner crap. Oh, well, shout out for craft and the, the legal the legal uh, problems there. <laughs> I can't sue in this country. It's all right. All righty. So you were asking about my favorite recipe, right? It's a Donna Hay recipe if you want to look it up, kids, right? It's a chicken penne pasta with avocado and cream fraiche. Really simple. Cut up the onion, right? Saute the onion. Do that. Yeah. Saute the onion. Then put two cups of chicken stock in. I always overload. A bit like what Araho was saying about chicken stock with her dish. Not 12 packets. I just I just sort of put two good helpings of uh, spoons or teaspoons of uh, chicken stock in. Stir it around. Put it in there, right? On top of that. Then, oh, this is really simple too. Then you get the... Um, Cream fraiche, it's a 400 gram pack, put the 400 gram of cream fraiche in there, right, let it all bubble, and you've got to mix it up because it's, it's a block, but it's a, it's a, f- a floppy block, and away you go, right, it's as simple as that. Then, gets better, gets better, cooked chicken, rip a cooked chicken apart, throw the cooked chicken in there, all right, not, you can make your own chicken, but actually cooked chicken's much easier, this is the fast, this is the flatting version, right, and you throw the, rip the cooked chicken apart, don't burn your fingers, I always do. Don't put rubber gloves on, as I see these guy meaty guys do. Right, and then basically put the top on for a bit. Let it let it uh, reduce a little bit, but not too much. So you've got this really creamy chickeny uh, sauce that goes with it. And then finally, cut up some avocado. Throw the avocado and warm the avocado on it. Right, just mix the avocado through. Find your bowl. Voila, serve. Right. Oh, don't forget the penne pasta. Cook that. Right. Put the penne pasta in. Put the the dish on top, okay. The penne, the the chicken dish on top. A uh, bit of parmesan. Bob's your auntie or uncle, whatever way Uncle Bob wants to be. That's and that's it. That's the chicken penne pasta. That's my pièce résistance when it comes to pasta. If you wanted your hashtag content, listeners, that is it. Cooking <laughs> with MacIver. <laughs> I'd love to do a cooking show, man. I reckon that'd be a whole heap of fun. So, so I'm lasagna, pumpkin cannelloni, spag bowl. Slow cook the mince and my Donahue recipe chicken penne pasta. You are, just to remind us, spaghetti carbonara with bacon and mushrooms. Yep. Uh, vegetarian lasagna. Yep. Ravioli, stuff it with whatever as long as it doesn't fall apart. <laughs> and mac and cheese, again, goes with anything. I reckon dinner for Tuesday is sorted if you want to have a crack at any of those because they are good fun. But i got to say, you can't have too much pasta. You know, you start having too much pasta, boy, does one feel bloated. So that was Mount Rushmore today. Hope you enjoyed that. A little bit different, a little left of centre, but that's okay. We, we don't mind that. Uh, just a reminder, don't forget to tune into SNZ every Sunday from 11 to 
midday for GRNNZ's Dog Speed. Oh man, Ricardo knows everything. Eh? He's joined by Greyhound experts Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. And don't miss a beat with the Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. Actually, speaking of which, took, a, took my pooch for the walk, the handbag dog for a walk yesterday. And sure enough, a retired Greyhound was being walked by its owner. Beautiful black uh, former racing ground. Well, it looked like a former racing ground because it was a greyhound, right? Beautiful looking dog. So don't forget about that. Every Sunday from 11 till midday here on SENZ with Ricardo, Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. And that is Dog Speed. Or go to the Temper Bedpost text line on 8833. Uh, big news this morning. Well, it's not big news, just encouraging news. The All Whites winning 4-0 over Fiji. So that puts them into the semi-finals of the Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament uh, in Qatar. They've got one more pool game uh, against New Caledonia. We spoke to Clayton Lewis this morning. Concerning thing out of that one, and I've forgotten completely, uh, all the Phoenix players who were released for two games got to go back home. So they potentially are just a little under strength. And, of course, of course, the uh, Phoenix losing Alex Rufer as well. To that uh, is it ACL? There was an ACL, wasn't it? it? Was anyway, he's out for the season, so not so flash. In the meantime, we are heading into round three of the ANZ Netball Championship. Uh, last night to complete round two, Mystic slammed the Steel. I mean, they slammed them by twenty. 70 to 50. That's their first one in Invercargill for ever in a day. Uh, former great, because that's what Brian said. She is probably one of our greatest netballers. And she is. And she's a lovely lady, to say the least. Anna Stanley joins me right now. Hi, Annie. Hi, Stephen. Lovely to chat with you today. It is good. How did the school run go this morning? School run went well. We've just had a week in isolation. So I was like, get out the front door and get back to school. <laughs> oh, See no. you later, boys. Have a good day. So, so yep, did they bring it home? No, nah, my daughter brought it home, but everyone else managed to not get it. So we did seven, did the seven days, and off we go. We, we live another day. We fight on. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it too. What did you make of that, uh, that Mystics one? Man, they slammed them. They did. Great to see them get their first win in Invercargill and their biggest scoreline ever over the steel. Um, Mystics are looking good, and I said at the beginning of the season, they are the team to beat. They're the reigning champs. They've got firepower everywhere on the court. You know, you look from Grace Nowicki standing at 193. She is pretty um, unstoppable at the best of times. You've got the link between her and Peter Tuiava. The connections are just so strong. And then great to see Phoenix Karaka back in the blue dress after having her baby Palmer. She was a real strength through the middle and the combination with her and Sully Fitzpatrick, a powerhouse defensively. So, you know, they really deserve that 20-goal win. Still will be uh, searching for a lot of answers this week in training, no doubt. 20, 20 goals, that, that's a hammering, right? Let's be blunt. A netball, that's a hammering. Yeah, that's a hammering. And, I mean, let's not forget the steal. They didn't start George Fisher, who's their key weapon down the shooting end. She's been... Uh, she's had a little bit of an injury, so... After the first quarter, I think they were down by 10 or 11. And, you know, you can nearly, the damage can nearly be done in one quarter. And then you're constantly just playing chase, chase, mm. catch up netball. And that's what the Steel were doing. So George Fisher came on in the second quarter. But by then, they had just lost their confidence and their rhythm on attack, the Steel. And, you know, they used to playing in Invercargill. They used to having a massive crowd behind them. Clearly, with COVID, there are restrictions, no crowd to help them out. And, yeah, they just look really flat. Wow, wow, that's that's a that's a long bow to draw. No crowd to help them out. I mean, sh- surely you don't need. <laughs> come on, Andy, you surely don't need a crowd to help you out. No, I mean, I get it. I get it though. I get it though. Right? No, sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm having it's some. It's just another thing. Just yeah. another thing that Uh-oh. you know went against them. 
Well, hopefully before the end of the whole 44-game season, the crowds will be allowed back. You get the feeling that the, the government might start to be, uh, you know, loosen, loosen the string, so to speak, on the uh, traffic light system. Round three, uh, this will be Cracker, I reckon, Mystic's Pulse. Who you got? Well, that's the Mystics are at home for their first game. Ah, okay. so, you know, so that's a, that's a um, home game for them. They've had t- two on the trot away. The Mystics, you know, they backed it up. So, you know, they'll be coming back from Invercargill feeling confident. They'll be feeling together as a team. They've had a few days away together. And you often bond a lot more on those yeah. away games. So I think they'll be coming in pretty pretty high. And I'll take Mystics for that one. Wow, OK. Pulse showing good signs in, in the in the in the round just gone, but I think the six too strong. Now, if I'm correct, they they only they only won by six the last time they faced the Pulse. Yeah, yeah, but I think there was a you know they didn't have Phoenix in that game. Um, there is a they've made a couple of changes. I think they're starting to show a little bit more consistency. The Mystics. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think they'll just go. They'll just go from strength to strength. Uh, I think. You, you, um, are the Mystics loaded? Are the Mystics loaded? Like yeah, in, in the sense, in, in the sense of talent. Yeah, yeah, they've got young talent. They've got experience as well. You know, so they've got a mix of everything, which which is always quite quite helpful. Okay. Um, you know, they've got the got the old leader at the back, um, Sulu Fitzpatrick, who's you know really stepping up in terms of her leadership and really showed last year how she could really bring that Mystics team together. It's a team that's been lacking in culture for a long time, and I think they're just starting to get it right now. The Mystics. They've got the right players in the right positions, and I think, you know, with Nuweki at the back, they're pretty hard to stop. Yes, I'm always intrigued when someone says lacking in culture. When you say, when you say lacking in culture, what do you mean by that? Well, you've, you know, you want people to, to have a real sense of pride in who you play for and, and, and back each other, and you, you, you go out there on court and, and you do anything for your teammates and you do anything for your franchise, and you just sort of felt over the years that it was bit of a hot pot team that, that played for the Mystics and they, they just never really built an environment where players would would die for each other and, and do anything for each other and I think that comes from the top, you've got to have the leadership, it's got to be from that governance level to then the coaches and management to then the captain and all of that filters down into mm. your playing team and I think sort of, you know, slowly over the years they've really battled in that area but I think, you know, they had the win last year, and I think that's a great foundation moving forward. Yeah. Nothing like having a championship win. All right, uh, Stars have only played one game, and we're into round mm. three, but they, they picked up that win against the Tactics early on, but then they faced the Steel, but they've got to go to the Steel, right? Yeah, so they're off to Invercargill, so obviously the Steel will be pretty um, pretty unhappy about their 20-goal loss against the Mystics, so they will be reflecting hard during the week, I'm sure. You often reflect more on your losses than you do your wins, so mm. you know that could play into the, into the Steel's hands. Um, the Stars were a little bit unpolished in the in the you know earlier first two quarters of that game against the Tactics. They sort of showed that they'd had round one off. I expect them to be better. I think you know Kayla Johnson returns into the fold in round two. She's been on strict return to play protocols, so you know she'll add another um, dimension of toughness down that defensive end for the for the Stars. They're very defensive heavy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going stars on that one. Wow, okay. And finally, uh, on Monday, so in six days' time, Magic Tactics, bottom of the... T- I know it sounds crazy, bottom of the table with only two games played, yeah. but, you know, where, yeah, are the, yeah. where are the tactics at? 
Wow, the tactics, I've just um, talked about it a bit during commentary. They're just a team that are just so frustrating to watch. That You know, they they just have, haven't quite nailed that consistency and I think they've really missed Jane Watson this year. And mm. she's a, she was the captain, obviously, that's um, pregnant now. So they're, they're missing that connection with her and Berger down that defensive end. I think her leadership was, was a big um, big promise in that tactic side. She really did lead that side. Uh, but they were they were better the tactics from round one to round two. Even though they lost to the stars, they showed improvements. And I think you know they are a team that can, God, they can lose to the worst team yet beat the best team. So you just sort of never know sometimes with them. They're obviously going through to round three, having yet won a game so far. So they'll be up against it. Magic were pretty pretty woeful against the Pulse um, in their round. So. I'm going to go tactics, tactics with that one um, over the magic. Who's what's your favourite pasta? Oh gosh, spaghetti. A spaghetti. What? What? Do, okay, not plain spaghetti. No. What? Come on, Anna. No. no. I mean, oh, what are the kids like? What do you pasta. What do you make for the kids? Well, they quite like basil pesto pasta. Oh, that's. I mean, that's you super. Know? That's super easy, though, right? Well, you know, chuck in some nice sun-dried tomatoes and chicken and bacon. And See, there you go. Now you're talking. Okay, there's, i got a tip yeah. for you. Look Onion. up. Yeah, there. Now we're talking. See, that's that's an experience, Mum. Not just spoon the pesto in it like I would and forget about everything else. i got a tip for you. Uh, go into Donna Hay, right, and look up chicken, oh, pen, yeah. chicken penne pasta. It'll Thank be a winner. But creamy, cream fraiche. Would Jeremy allow you to have cream fraiche? Yeah, he's can a little bit lactose intolerant at times. Okay, so, so he can't have it. Okay, okay. So there's 400 grams of it in there, but uh, the, ki- the, ki- the kids would love it. Hey, it's always a pleasure talking to you, girl. Take care, eh? We'll talk soon. Pleasure. Good to see you. Yes, see you. You're welcome. Anna Stanley, a former silver and just one of the sharpest minds when it comes to Nepal and one of the nicest women you could ever meet. She is just a darling. It's 11.42. This is SENZ Mornings with MacIver. Logan, you're looking at me like you want to say something. You've, you've got this, can I please say something now? What do please, you... Please, Stephen. What, what, you don't have to ask. You're the boss. What do you want to say? You're about to say something. I sure am. Just, just a little plug here for a friend of the show Storm Purvis and of course Ricardo Ball as well who is the glue here at SCNZ. We have a netball show, our own netball show. It's on tonight. Center Pass in Focus, 8 to 9 p.m. So check that out. <laughs> what what doesn't Ricardo do? Uh, that's a very good uh, question. What does he not do? He is he's like the MVP, right? He's like the MVP of SENZ. So that's what time tonight, buddy? Again? 8 to 9 p.m. And Brian just chipped in and said the only thing he doesn't do is wear bright colours. <laughs> And what's his favourite colour? Black. 11.43. SENZ. <laughs> Come on, Mickey. Do your thing. Oh, I got that completely wrong. Unbelievable. Eleven forty-eight. that's what people listening right now, they're saying, that's not, oh, Mickey, that's, you know... Uh, Rockin' Tuesday here on SNZ. Don't forget Thursday is Disco Thursday. What Wednesday will be, we do not know, but Disco Thursday is uh, something pretty cool. You know, like we were talking about, the, and I was talking to uh, Scott Newman, the High Performance Director of Athletics New Zealand earlier today, just after nine, about the college system and how many athletes there are in the college system, right? And I, I find it fascinating to uh, note that there's a Kiwi right now, a young kid called uh, uh, Sam Warrenberg, 
uh, he has had six years at the University of Miami, and they have just they are through the Sweet Sixteen of March Madness and the basketball, and they've knocked out one of the big big ones, Auburn. They knocked out Auburn. He's he's a seven footer. He's two point zero eight meters tall, and he's a what they call a sixth year redshirt senior at Miami, and that's huge. That March Madness, they call it, right. Uh, is unbelievable. It dominates the headlines in America more than a lot of other things that anyone talks about. It's even you know, if they had March Madness in the NFL, I'd probably get in the way. But isn't it cool? Like the we've the 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 amount of young basketball players, both male and female, we have in the college system over there is uh, is staggering. And and look, they're a tenth seed. <laughs> and they, and hang on, now this is how big it is. Auburn was second seed. They were the second seeds in March Madness. They beat them by eight, seventy-nine, seventy-one. They only were a point up at the half, thirty-three, thirty-two. So that's that's amazing. So how about that? A Kiwi doing it in March Madness, Sweet Sixteen. Can they go all the way? Who really knows? I got I got to say it. I actually do enjoy that sort of stuff. It's really cool because the college system. Uh, is something I wish we had something similar, but that's university, right? College is university, but it's but it's been going so long for years and years and years and years. The, and the money from former play, former uh, students is just it's a bong, it's a multi billion dollar industry. Yeah, the business behind NCAA oh. is huge. The whole you know student athlete thing is really interesting. There's we were talking about documentaries earlier. Hmm. This if you can seek it out, this is one that is really worth watching. It's called Schooled. The S has a dollar sign. The price of college sports, it, it sort of looks oh, nice. deeper into that side of things. And um, there's a lot. The NCAA is very, very tight on their rules. They're changing though, right? Have yeah. they just, they've just put in their rule with it and now they can use their image and make money off their image. Yeah, there's that. But there's, there's things where like they can so quickly take away um, a student's scholarship because uh, they're hungry and so the coach bought them a taco or something. And that scene is assisting them and giving them a, an advantage or something like some really bonkers rules that you're just like look it's just a coach trying to look out for a, play, a player yeah. and let's face it you know students I mean Try, trying to embrace the uh, the amateur narrative right which is what they have always tried to do but now that the whole social media thing is they've gone oh well if you can make money if you're rich you can do that so yeah. you, you know you know that's how it's going to roll it's 11.51 we'll check what Staffy's doing shortly Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.